morning and welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. It's a new year. Happy 2023. It's Sunday morning, January 22, 2023. This marks our 58th episode. Praise God. I am Sister Noelia and I will join you today on this 58th podcast entitled A New Beginning. Hallelujah. We'd like to thank you for joining us today as we come into a new year. This podcast is entitled A New Beginning. We'd like to give thanks to GospelRiver.com for joy in heaven. All praises and glory to our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Yeshua HaMashiach. I hope you have taken in our last podcast because they hold Messages in accordance to what is affecting everyone today. And the last podcast we offered was the Christmas celebration, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Our God is the one true living God, and no other God can take his place on the throne. He is the God of truth, and his glory will always prevail. Hallelujah. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for joining in. I am Sister Noelia, and I will be presenting A New Beginning. Thank you for listening in today, and please consider these messages of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, as they can assist you in your life. We want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God. We will never ask for a donation, because we want the integrity of the Lord's message 
to always remain pure. We would like to thank our music support by GospelRiver.com, as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to our program. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdoms podcast, on Podbean, on iHeartRadio, Listening Notes, and Player FM. Please download and share it. Also encourage others to join in to listen to these messages. Once again, we thank you for joining us in sharing the good news of the great hope in our living King, Yeshua. We must never forget all things are made possible by the living God Almighty through Yeshua HaMashiach, for He is alive, lives, and reigns. Amen. Today and every day we are here marks a blessed reminder of why we have this opportunity to discover our Lord and Savior, Christ the King, Yeshua HaMashiach. Thanks to GospelRiver.com for majesty. All glory be to God. Let's begin with our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And please help us not to fall into temptations or transgressions, but deliver us from all evil. 
For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hello and welcome to a new year, which could lead you to a new beginning. I know many have just come off of the many celebrations of the Indian year and now look to a new start. This new beginning could lead many to enter a new phase of life with offering your lives to our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. In Peter 1.3, praise be to the Lord and Father, our Lord Yeshua Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Yeshua HaMashiach from the dead. Corinthians 2, 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Isaiah 40, 31. But to those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. These are but a few encouraging scripts. Recently, I visited a friend who expressed her relief at the end of the recent Christmas holidays. I was puzzled because I assumed she would be reciting all the lovely moments of gatherings and joy with her loved ones. But in fact, she expressed relief because as she expressed, the heightened activity of going from one place to another, the collection of gift purchases, and mostly her family, who she never hears from throughout the year, suddenly are contacting and texting her nonstop. She said that while she loves her family, their behavior is superficial because of the holidays, and it would make more sense to her if they did it year-round instead of once a year. While she makes a valid point, it got me thinking about how some of us may feel that our lives are empty. It seems as if we are never enough and become ambitious by our success. But by what is success in this world and not in God's eyes? Today, we're going to look at our spiritual emptiness and how we can fill our vessels and become spiritually fulfilled. I truly understand about being spiritually empty. Before I gave my life to Yeshua, I was busy with worldly things. Considered successful relations were luck, and success just hard physical work. I was a child laborer from the age of eight. I was curious about cars, so my adoptive family put me to work. School was important, but not as much as the family needs. It didn't matter if I was a child. I had a duty to the family. Unfortunately, while this phase of my life gave me responsibility, it did not provide the growth of love and understanding. 
not even an opportunity to just be a child. So needless to say, my early adult life was not a happy one, and one that was not in favor of our Lord. In fact, I hated the Lord for most of my 20s until the breakthrough happened. I'm expressing this to offer an image of being spiritually empty because until I found Jesus, Yeshua, or until I said yes to Yeshua, I was a broken soul with spiritual emptiness. In this emptiness, it does not matter how many cars you own or houses you buy. There is a force robbing your attention and it casts you towards a direction of needing more, more people, more things, more vices. I sat in an airport and watched people moving rapidly in one direction, some overconfident, others lost in their own world. I know there is no God in the world without God being number one on the list. I am now proudly counted as one of His, our Lord Yeshua, but for a while I was spiritually broken and lost. That's why I can attest to the importance of the first God in our lives, the head of our family, the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Without our Lord's intervention in this world, there would be no purpose for we, His people. Sometimes a spiritual breakdown is caused by a chain of events. In my case, I lost my mother when I was five, moved through the family, and ended up in foster care. So I had this hole in my heart that had formed over time. I will say this in retrospect. God was always with me, but I would never understand that until my full surrender to Him, our Lord Yeshua. The point is that people get into the habit of pleasing others. Likewise, without even trying to please God through obedience first. But first of all, unless you look back at your life and yourself, we may never think of Yeshua as a Savior or as our Savior. There were many times in my life before Yeshua saved me, there were people who attempted to try to have me consider Him as I was so foolishly ignorant I would dismiss them by explaining that was their belief and thought I was a good person that did good deeds and God will judge accordingly. Little did I know how my good behavior was a failed belief and I was in no position for God's judgment in that moment. As I wasn't even recognizing Yeshua or any of his works. When you say that to a non-believer, they get offended, like we people are above God somehow. I knew very little about Yeshua, but after losing my late stepson in 2000, I began to wonder who this Yeshua was. When we are spiritually broken, we are living in a perpetual cycle of misdirection, and we will stay there until we take the risk and surrender fully to Yeshua. Here's where your life takes a new leaf. Please hear what I'm about to explain. When I said yes to Yeshua, 
He instantaneously saved me. He took me out of the battles I was in the midst of. And at that very moment, I said yes to Yeshua because at that time, I was in a crisis and tired of the battle and not knowing what saying yes to Yeshua would be like. But in that moment, He is my mother, father, the missing piece of my life that I have been looking for and longing for. He extends to me and I said, yes, yes, you are my savior and I want to know more about you, Lord Yeshua. In previous episodes, we explain how God writes codes on our souls. In the same sense, that is, is as if when a child recognizes his biological parent. That's what Yeshua does in the instant you surrender. He reconnects to you. In that moment, I was saved, but I still had a lot of work to do. Like a person who dies and comes back to life, they have a recovery period where the body is adjusting to the new recovery. The soul is renewed. The mind is renewed. The mind is slow, but it relearns. Why am I saying this? Well, when you say yes to Jesus, yes to Yeshua, and mean it, our life is about to transform. And in this transformation, our mind hasn't yet processed what saying yes to Yeshua will look like to us, our family, and people we have shared our lives with. Saying yes to Yeshua leads to a brand new blank slate written for the first time in the fullness of life. This beginning is so bright and full of hope, but in front of others, we are not the same. This difference can be inspiring or it can be complicated because sometimes others are not ready for the change in you. But don't be afraid of this transition because God can move mountains. People who are meant to be in your life will remain. However, others who are not will not be. When you come back to God through Yeshua, you are His. However, you are His forever. But now you recognize Him. So our Lord will guide and protect you as you declare Jesus, Yeshua, as your Savior. There are many instances in the Bible where God delivers His people from darkness into light. But let's look at Apostle Paul and why after Jesus' death and resurrection, God placed him in a unique position as an example for all sinners. Well, at first he was on the side of the enemy, but then God decided to use Paul to further spread the gospel of our Lord. There were also many instances where others tried to teach Paul the ways of Yeshua, and not only didn't he listen, but in fact rallied and rebelled against the followers of Christ. And he also vowed to arrest them and bind them until they were given over to the authorities of Rome. 
Paul will be the first to witness Stephen being stoned to death. Paul first appears in Scripture as a witness to the Maradon of Stephen. When they had driven him, Stephen, out of the city, they began stoning him, and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Acts 7.58 Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. Acts 8.1 The Conversion of Paul In the three versions of Paul's conversion, Acts 9.1-9, 22, 6-11, 26, 9-10, there are repeated elements which appear to be central to his mission and commissioning. First, it marked his conversion to Christianity. Second, it constituted his call to be a prophet. And third, it served as his commission to be an apostle. These three points may be broken down into the following, more intimate considerations. Number one, Paul was specifically chosen, set aside, and prepared by the Lord for the work that he would do. Paul was sent as a witness, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles as well. Paul's evangelistic mission would encounter rejection and require suffering. Paul would bring light to people who were born into and currently lived in darkness. Paul would preach repentance, which was required prior to a person's acceptance into the Christian faith. Paul's witness would be grounded in space-time history and be based on his Damascus Road experience what he had personally seen and heard in a real location that would be known to all who lived in Damascus. Where my main focus is today, where Paul was first a persecutor of Christians, he hated them and hated what they stood for in their belief of Christ Yeshua, was the Messiah of the world who came to save his people. He leaned mostly on old teachings of the Jews and the laws of Moses. However, he worked for the Roman army and was directed by the Pharisees. One minute Paul had been an enemy of Yeshua, and the next he had become a captive to the Christ he had once persecuted. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Corinthians 1, 15, 10 indicated he was transformed by God, became truly spiritual, and he was one whom Christ possessed and was now a Christ-bearer himself. One minute we are enemy to God, then once we surrender, we are in pursuit of righteousness. On the road to Damascus, Saul turned into Paul, who went from an unbeliever to a full believer, embracing the truth of God in Christ Yeshua. It will be Yeshua who throws Paul from his horse and asks him why he is persecuting his people. In the Damascus road, Saul converted, 
Acts 9. If you look at Acts 9 in your Bible, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Yeshua, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Ananias baptizes Saul. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise to go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Taurus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Yeshua, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me to you, that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues, 
that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Yeshua is the Christ. The story of Paul could have continued in his persecution of God's people, but our Lord had a better plan for Paul, and providing an incredible example of just what Yeshua means by his sacrifice covers all our sins. God stepped in and shook Paul to the core. He fell off the horse and instantly became blinded. Then Paul sees a blaring light, and then he hears Yeshua asking, Why do you persecute my people? and leaves him blind with scales on his eyes. God also carefully instructs his anointed, Ananias, to go and help in purging of Paul's transformation from a sinner to redeem. The Lord uses his faithful and anointed believer to assist Paul to help remove the scales from his eyes as he prays over Paul for the Holy Spirit to enter. The reality of this transformation was not just in one moment. It was in a few days and at this time in place for the glory of God's kingdom. God chose to turn an evil act into a glorious transition for his kingdom and gospel. Saul becomes the new Paul in spirit, heart, mind, body, and soul. Paul could no longer question who Yeshua was because Yeshua made Paul a new man again. The scales on Paul's eyes were blinding him to the point he was not even of use to himself. That blindness was deep. It reached into his soul where darkness was profound and there was spiritual blindness until Paul repented, until Yeshua removed those scales and then he could see what kind of a negative and horrible impact he was causing on the Christian movement. He was impeding the message of God's gospel. But now, newly restored, what an inspirational impact he could offer as a testimony of just who was this Yeshua and his importance to mankind. One more thing for us to remember, Paul's suffering for the name of Yeshua, and God made it known that he would suffer for his namesake, the namesake of Yeshua. Saying yes to God can lead us out of darkness, but then darkness comes to persecute God's people. The only difference is that God, even under the attack of the enemy, fully protects us from the enemy. Our Lord Yeshua has taken a murderer of his people and converted him for the glory of his kingdom. Hallelujah, hallelujah, 
Hallelujah. God took Paul and taught him how to walk in the Spirit of God through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. A few years ago, I learned I had diabetes, and it was genetic. It's on both sides of my family. So, of course, it started, but the Lord told me, you will now have to rely on me with all your strength. You see, we can pray God will change an outcome, and He can fully do it. But obstacles can also teach us to thrive, to live, love, and be of compassion in full obedience to God. Paul's experience many trials and tribulations, but he never gave up on God. He wanted to be obedient to God, pleasing to God, not his flesh or desires. What a great testimony of God's purpose for our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another thing worth mentioning in Acts 10 is that Yeshua taught Peter and Cornelius to obey so that the mission of the gospel could be given to the Gentiles. Here we have an example of Yeshua preparing a Jewish man, Apostle Peter, to preach the gospel to a Gentile, Centurion Cornelius. Yeshua's preparation of this Jewish man is the means by which Yeshua will prepare his entire people to spread the gospel into the entire world to the ends of the earth. Acts 10, 1 through 2. Now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. A centurion commanded a hundred men and was one of six such men in the cohort. The cohort was made up of 600 soldiers. Ten cohorts combined made a Roman legion. Cornelius was a centurion of Rome and one of the officers believed to be one of the first Gentiles to convert to Christianity. In verse 3, Cornelius sees the angel. Let's read Acts 10, 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision of an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius. Cornelius kept the regular prayer time, the ninth hour, at 3 p.m. At this time, he saw an angel from God who had just entered and said his name. In verse 4, he reacts with fear, Acts 10.4, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now the angel commands Cornelius to send some men to Joppa to call for Peter. And Acts 10.5 to six, now dispatch some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with a tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. 
Now in verses 7 through 8, Cornelius obeys the vision. Acts 10, 7 through 8. When the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants, a devout soldier, and those who were his personal attendants. And after that, he explained everything to them and sent them to Joppa. In verse 10 through 16, we have Peter's vision, and we find Peter in Joppa at Simon the Tanner's house at noon on the next day as Cornelius' servants are on their way about to enter the city. Let's read Acts 10, 9 through 16. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, but he became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance, and he saw the sky open up, and an object, like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. A voice came to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Again, a voice came to him a second time, What God has cleansed no longer considered unholy. This happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Peter said no to the Lord three times because in the vision he saw an offering of clean and unclean things. Since Peter still adheres to the old Jewish customs and rituals, but our Lord is clear. Our Lord makes it clear here that he is our Lord who cleanses the unclean. This is the same Peter who witnessed Christ Yeshua, and he also denied him three times before his crucifixion. Now our Lord God was teaching him how to expand his ways in the ways of righteousness and in keeping with Yeshua's teachings. Peter was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and was greatly used by God. At the same time, Peter is still Peter. God didn't use him because he was perfect, but because he was in the right direction and he was available. We often fall into the trap of thinking. We have to be perfect until God can use us. Peter said no three times. But when Cornelius arrived, Peter finally understood the meaning of the message in the vision. I really appreciate Acts 10 because so many things happen with righteous results in Jesus's, Yeshua's name. First, we have a converted Christian who faithfully prays and practices being devout to God. Then an angel comes to deliver God's message to him, Cornelius. And on the other extreme, a believer who still has much to clean up, to faithfully practice Christianity in the name of Yeshua, but both driven and guided by Yeshua to reach an optimal success for the Lord God's gospel. 
So we saw Cornelius' obedience. His obedience was the key to the evangelism of the Gentiles. And in verses 10 all the way down to verse 29, we have Peter's obedience. Peter's obedience to the revelation along with Cornelius's obedience to his revelation, their obedience will be the catalyst that will open the door of the gospel to the Gentiles. All things are working for the glory of God's purposes. Both Cornelius and Peter receive an angelic visitation while praying. God works when you are at prayer. The angel says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter understands this to mean that he should eat the unclean animals, and he responds as if he is being tested as to his devotion to the old covenant. By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. I wouldn't disobey the old covenant. The voice speaks a second time, Acts 10.15. What God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Three men are seeking you. Go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. At this point, God has not told Peter that his visitors were Gentiles. Normally, a godly Jew like Peter would not associate in this matter with Gentiles. Knowing this, and knowing Peter's previous resistance, not so, Lord, God simply surprised Peter with the knowledge that these men were Gentiles. All Peter needed to know was that the Spirit said, I have sent them. The idea that God could sin and use Gentiles was entirely new to Peter. God was expanding Peter's mind and heart. Then he invited them in and lodged them. We can see the change in Peter's heart by the way he invited them in and lodged them. Lodge them is literally to entertain as guests. Peter didn't just coldly give these Gentile visitors a room. He entertained them as welcome guests. And he did this against every custom of the Jewish people of that day. On the next day, Peter went away with them. He reached out in love to his Gentile neighbors in obedience to what God told him to do. Peter comes to Cornelius' house, and the following day they enter Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends as Peter was coming in. Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up and saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. Cornelius explains why he sent for Peter. So Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in a bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call Simon here. 
whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I will send to you immediately, and you will have done well to come. Now therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things commanded by you, by God. Peter's short sermon to the Gentiles at Cornelius' house. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation who ever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Yeshua HaMashiach, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Yeshua of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that, through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. So Peter obeyed. He received the revelation from God and obeyed it. And this put him in a position to be a vessel to progress the gospel. He learned that God has cleansed the Gentile, just like he cleansed unclean food. Now, in order for the gospel to progress and not be restricted in its progress, Peter needed to grow in his understanding of God's word. He needed to grow. He needed to receive God's revelation to him and to be obedient to that revelation. So do we. In our lives, if we fail to grow in Christ and our understanding of who He is, what He has accomplished for us, and what His will is in the Bible, if you fail to expose yourself to God's revelation in the Scripture, you will fail to grow through the lack of growth. It will restrict the progress of the gospel in your life and in our community. Even today, Yeshua is expanding his gospel. But if you fail to live according to God's word in your life, your marriage, your family, and in relation to his church, you will hinder God's progression of the gospel. He desires to use you. Be obedient to him in all areas of scripture so as to further the progression of his gospel. The basket of both clean and unclean food, it also represents spiritual growth. 
Peter was stuck in the old teaching, so he was ill-prepared to spread the Lord's gospel to the Gentiles. But because he had surrendered to Yeshua, he was on the road to preparedness. Remember, God steps in and makes the impossible possible. If we're hungry, we eat. But if we don't eat well, then soon we'll need to eat again. So if we eat right and understand that every meal counts, then it will work for us sustainably. When we eat the book of life, the word of God is alive. So the Holy Spirit is used to support us. It corrects, enlightens, comforts, encourages, and inspires us. Without the Holy Spirit, the book of life is a word without life. This is why surrendering and repentance is necessary. Cornelius was devout, a believer. However, God took him to another level for him to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the connection, the grafting into the family of the kingdom of God through Yeshua HaMashiach. Cornelius was a good man. He prayed. He offered tithes. But without the baptism of the Holy Spirit through Yeshua HaMashiach, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Apostle Peter witnessed the ministry of our Lord Yeshua. He denied knowing Yeshua before his crucifixion. But our Lord Yeshua gave him the opportunity to spread his gospel. Peter also gave his life because of his conviction that God sent Yeshua to die for our sins and rise from the dead. Apostle Paul, as a Roman soldier, was not for Christ. He was against Christianity to the point of killing and imprisoning followers of Christ. But our Lord Yeshua gave him an opportunity of redemption. And then he was a devout follower who died for Christ Yeshua. I can attest, I was not going to make it into the kingdom of God by being a good person or participating in good causes. Though I tried to be a good person before my baptism by Yeshua, because I could only do it by the power of redemption in Christ the King, Yeshua HaMashiach. I am saved, I am saved by the precious blood of Yeshua. Thanks be to Yeshua. Thank you, thank you, Yeshua. Our lives begin when we say yes to God through Yeshua, because Yeshua is there to guide us in a way only God himself knows. As the apostles Peter and Paul experienced, Yeshua skillfully guides us towards righteousness. God can cleanse and restore us, no matter how unclean we are. Cornelius was undoubtedly a good man, yet he still needed Yeshua. Even good people who honor God still need to come to Yeshua as their Lord and Savior and trust fully in Him our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. Our Lord God testifies in His gospel and in the testimony of His saints that God is always at work for the good of His kingdom. Through God's people, His truth stands the test of time, and by His deeds, 
He is unshakable. The most important message today is that when we say yes to God, we become His witnesses. We will witness His healing in us and in all the people who surrender to Him. When we honor God in obedience, we unconsciously open our hearts to the outreach of His gospel and the return of His lost sheep. This is God's works and we, His people. When we say yes to Yeshua and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, things don't go back the way they were because God's love fills us and satisfies the hunger, thirst, and emptiness. We lose interest in things that have no purpose for God's way of life. And we develop healthy interests that serve one purpose, to glorify God. It's not the way of the world, it's the true spirit of God. And His Spirit can lead you back to who you really are. Here, you will desire purposeful relations, not pretentious ones. So let today be the first step in your spiritual cleansing from emptiness to fullness in Christ the King, Yeshua. Hallelujah. If you so desire, let's go to Psalms 51 in your Bible and recite this for repentance today. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in inequity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with heat sop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin, and blot out all my inequities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. 
build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's remember that a new life in Yeshua brings you closer to Him and away from the old you and your old fallible ways. And that change is embraced when turning to Him. So seek Him daily, pray daily, and keep the promise of your new life in Christ the King, Yeshua. May the Lord find you seeking His face. God bless. We would like to thank GospelRiver.com for glory to thee. We would like to thank you for listening to our 58th podcast. Thank you for joining us here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Listen Notes LA, FM Player, and right here on our very own Royal Kingdoms Podcast on Podbean. Feel free to download it and share it with your friends and family. Once again, thank you for joining us. We look for you in our next podcast. Have a blessed day in Yeshua HaMashiach's name. You have been listening to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. Thanks for listening.